There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. Oh, that kind of, I kind of sing song floated in right there. I love it. I've just got the music in me, bro. I can't help it. Got the music in me. Um, oh, you too. Mm, voice of an angel. Voice of an angel. You know what I'm most excited about for tonight, Michael? What? To talk about home field apparel, launching oh. tech gear. My goodness. I am I am excited and ready to talk about this as well. We've been, we, I, I just say it's like, like it was just all of us at Second the Plains, but Texas Tech fans have been petitioning home field for what it feels like quite a while. And finally we're like, all right, what's up? Let's see it. So they launched their home field did on Monday. Launched their Texas Tech line of apparel, t-shirts, and hoodies. And they did not miss. No. No, they don't. And you know what? I'm actually wearing I'm wearing one right now. I'm washing mine. I already did wear mine. That's probably why I've got the music in me. I'm just I'm just so so comfortable. Filled. Filled with comfort and, and joy. It's just overpouring. Guys, if you're not aware who Homefield is, they are a they a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis that make incredibly comfortable and officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. That's probably my favorite part of the vintage designs. They launched their tech tech line on Monday, the eighth. What they do is they dig through the archives to find unique tech logos, mascots, and more to make thoughtful designs. Now we were lucky enough to be sent advanced copies if you love their shirts <laughs> right um, the manuscripts we all got at staying in the planes we all got t-shirts and or hoodies to test out and everybody got a different design and dude they all look fantastic yeah i'm i'm over here rocking the raider red baseball tee which is comfy as all get out which as and i hope people understand that this is a compliment but it feels like I'm wearing pajamas. I feel like I'm getting away with something like this, this shirt, you know, how maybe I shouldn't go out. So no, no, it's a perfectly great looking shirt, yeah, but man. it's just so comfortable, dude. So I wore mine the other day. I didn't even wash it first. And even, even without washing it straight yeah. from the manufacturer was like, dang, this is good. This is soft. That's what I did too. I've, I've, I've put it on the hanger the day I got it. Cause we were, we just got in from out of town and then I threw it on today after work and was like, yeah, this, this feels like I've owned this for, for five years. Yeah. It's good stuff. If you want to pick up your own home field apparel stuff, they've been gracious enough to give you guys a discount code 15% off your first purchase at home field. If you use promo code 23 personnel, it's two, three, 
personnel, two ends there in the middle, at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. It's 15% off your first purchase. So go ahead, just grab like one of everything and get 15% off. You know, you want to, I, I even got an email from a friend of mine who's an Aggie. And, and we hadn't talked about this at all. And out of nowhere, he said, man, I'm pretty jealous about tech getting home field license. And then I had to share with him the, the free swag I got. And, uh, he was, he was pretty jealous of that. Yeah. So apparently it hasn't made its way to college station. So that's another advantage to home field. Yeah. Another point in the book. Um, guys, as always, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at 23 personnel for the show at punts suck for Spencer and at Michael underscore LBK. Also don't miss our eBay sneakers promotion that, that you, you'll find over on the 23 personnel podcast account, all kinds of hot takes, food takes jabs at officials, <laughs> particularly the latter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also you can find cuts, previews of our, of the podcast on Instagram, 23, per, 23 personal podcast at Instagram. Um, we have, I'm, I'm going to say basically or only basketball and baseball to talk about, but there's a lot to talk about. Basketball is getting ready to go into the conference championship tournament. And before we rejoin you, there will be selection Sunday. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about baseball who has played. Oh, what is that? Five games since we last talked and is in the middle of one right now. That's right. Six games to kind of look at for a second. Um, give you a little, uh, little league update. We had a scrimmage this past weekend and maybe, maybe bring out going yard. Guys, so, America's favorite segment, America's favorite. favorite segment, going yard where we talk nothing but lawn, nothing but Spencer's lawn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Specifically Spencer's lawn. Okay. Because we have so much and we always go over what we intend to, in terms of time, let's jump into basketball. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. So we got some recaps to do. Uh, Thursday night, Texas Tech took down Iowa State handily, 81-54. Not unexpected. And then you were on the road on Sunday and played Baylor. And, you know, I, I watched this game for like 30 seconds. And the 30 seconds I turned it on, <laughs> I saw 
um, a ball go out of bounds off of Baylor that got saved air quotes in bounds and Mark vital hit a three. There was a weird foul called. Oh, on it wasn't the- vital. It was Teague. No, I think vitals one that hit this three specifically. No, he saved the ball out of bounds. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, and then McCuller um, was called for a foul. Uh, but then the ref who may have been Doug sermons that, that he was um, in the building. Okay. It's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with bite and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at home impression kit today for only 1495 at bite.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Building. Kyler Edwards was given the stare down and then like you saw Clarence Nandoli come screaming in and turn him around. I was like, no, no, man, I, I know how this works. Don't, don't look at him. I do um, remember that. Yes. So let's talk, uh, let's talk about the Iowa state game first. Um, the first half, there were some offensive hiccups, I would say, uh, in inefficiencies, let's put it that way. Um, but then the second half, you you kind of poured it on. You you scored, you were up eight points at the half, 35-27. Uh, Iowa State scored 27 both halves. But then you scored 46, so 11 more points in the second half. And it felt like you ran second and third team most of the second half. Um, yes. And there were times where you had exclusively bench players in there. And that was kind of fun to watch. Um. McClung led the team in scoring. Uh, well, he led everybody in scoring with 20. It's one of those games. Um, you had five guys in double figures scoring. McClung had 20. Santos Silva had 14. You had two guys with 12 and Shannon and PV. Then you had Edwards at 11. But like yeah. probably, sorry, I, Probably the player of the game, number 30, Ty Larson. I saw this. Okay, this was a game that I was kind of in and out on, uh, checking as best I could on my phone. And that's probably the highlight in my head is Ty Larson coming in. And his shoes, I want to see what kind of shoes he had because it looked like he was just wearing shoes that you would wear to... You know, work in an office or something. <laughs> they weren't like just, yeah, they, they didn't look like basketball shoes, but maybe my memory's deceiving me. But anyway, go, go ahead and say what, say what our guy Ty did. So Ty Larson, uh, if you're not, if you're unfamiliar with him, obviously, um, had not played for Texas tech this season. The student manager 
gained eligibility Thursday morning, the day of the game. And with what, like 50 seconds left in the game, Chris Beard put him in and everybody was like, get Larson the ball so he could take a shot. Um, he didn't end up taking a shot. What he did take though was a charge and it was a thing of beauty. <laughs> and it was, it was like one of those things. Um, now he's, he's got collegiate basketball experience, but this is one of those things that like, you could tell like it hasn't been an everyday thing for him, but like, he gets in there. He's outside the arc, right? He gets his hands up. He gets the contact and like just a board falls back <laughs> <laughs> and he draws the chart. And I don't, I don't, it may have been like a little bit of a gift whistle there. And it didn't, it didn't impact the outcome of the game, right? There, there's no, like it changed possession for the last eight seconds of the game, essentially. But dude took a charge like a man. I loved it. Yeah, it was, it was pretty great. It was, I saw a lot of people with the same thing that this was the most Texas tech thing that could have happened is to come in and play one minute. And the only stat you get is a charge and they don't even keep that as a stat. That's just, <laughs> you just took a charge and then you came back out and he was, I mean, he was, he was planted he was planted like a rock as if you plant rocks just what a foot foot length away from the top of the charge circle. If that, like he, he was barely outside. Um, it was just, it was perfect. He knew exactly mm-hmm. where he was. It's as Tim Tadlock would say, he, he was where his feet were. Yeah. Um, unexpectedly, if you want to look at the, the plus minus, like I said, it's the, it's the performance of the players that game. Uh, you had guys that were, you had, let's see, Shannon was plus 12, McCuller plus 17, PV plus 18, Santo Silva plus 23, McCuller plus 24, sorry, uh, Santo Silva was plus 24, Edwards was plus 23, McClung plus 26, and this was, when I was talking about, um, who was I, was Iowa State or, or TCU last time? No, it was Texas that their highest player plus minus was like plus nine. And you had guys yeah. like uh, Smith uh, and Benson off the bench in this game going plus nine. Um, anyways, it, it was fun. This is one of those games where you, you, you did what you were kind of expected to do. Um, I was hoping it would give you a little bit of momentum, confidence going into the game this weekend against Baylor. And not that you didn't, Um, Because I did see this really ridiculous stat that said, based on the shots that each team took, Texas Tech should have won this game 76% of the time. Yes, I saw that too. It hurt. It cut me deep. Yeah. And what what you really hate to see is Masio Teague, uh, 35 points on 10 of 12 from three. He hit just unreal. Yeah. 10 three pointers. Um, there was a point in the game where you were like, it was within two points. It was 42, 44. And then I, I checked back a few minutes later and it was like 58, 42. I was like, well, that happened in a hurry. Um, Baylor was able to stretch the game out a little bit there. I mean, it's on senior day at home for them. Um, but like when you have a guy that hits 10 threes, there's not much you can do, but they shot 63% from three, 53% from the field. 
And then you look at your shots too. Like you, you hit 50% from, from three and 46% from the field. Like those are numbers that you win games with, but not, yeah. not when you give up what you give up. Yeah. And, and Teague, I mean, he wasn't the only one shooting well. Butler was two for four from three. Mitchell was three for three. He didn't miss all day. I mean, so those guys together, what is that? 17, 15 for 17 or something. <laughs> That's not right. Anyway, it was a lot. It was, it was, it was an onslaught, but yeah, they, um, it, it made me look back up cause I may have jinxed us last week talking about how well tech has done defending the three since West Virginia. And that all went out the window, uh, against Baylor Baylor, who is by far the best three point shooting team in the big 12. They're 42.9% West Virginia second at 35.9 Texas, 35.2 Kansas, 34.6 tech at 34.6 as well. So Tech's in the top five, just kind of right there, believe it or not. But defensively, you know, uh, Baylor came in and shot 19.6 percentage points above what they already do, which is the best in the conference by seven points. Just, it worries me. It worries me a lot. If if you catch a team that can, that can shoot the three well, which, you know, those, those teams above Tech... Baylor, West Virginia, Texas, and Kansas. We have a lot of L's against those teams. A lot of L's. So that does worry me a little bit. Um, you know, although Texas Tech was able to defend the three well in Lawrence, um, they were not able to defend it very well at home. So it's still still something to just keep in mind. If if Tech's facing a team in the tournament or in the big 12 tournament, which they're facing Texas that shoots in the high thirties um, <laughs> or God bless the forties, then it, it could be a problem. Yeah. But so before we get into wrapping up the regular season or even looking at the conference championship, let's go ahead and talk about one of the podcast newest sponsors, not home field, which we all love, but eBay sneakers from rare dead stock to the latest release. You can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is a place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made pairs of sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st, which is just in a couple of weeks from now, through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one-of-one one pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. There you go. And bet online. Our friends at bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA is in full swing. College basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is coming. And so is the $100,000 bracket madness contest at bet online. That is the spot for all of your bracketology needs. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Uh, Also use promo code armchair at checkout. A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so... Looking at the the Big 12 standings following the close of the regular season, Baylor ends up the regular season champions. Not surprised with the way that this 
this season went uh, 13-1 record. Uh, their one loss was against, was it Kansas? A couple weeks ago, if that. Yes. Yes, it was on, Kansas. On the road. Kansas finishes out number two. Uh, they are the only team. No, they, they and... Nope, just kidding. There were three teams <laughs> in the Big 12 that played all 18 conference games. Kansas is one of them. Oklahoma State, and unfortunately for them, Iowa State. Ooh. Um, Kansas yeah, finished, that's an easy one to add. Kansas finished second at 12 and six. Texas on a three game win streak snuck into number, the number three spot. Uh, they supplanted West Virginia. Uh, both are 11 and six and uh, sorry in conference play, but they hold the tiebreaker. Um, I guess it's because the overall record, they had fewer losses. Texas was 17 and seven Oklahoma or West Virginia was 18 and eight. So their win percentage was just a little bit better. Oklahoma state is a fifth at 11 and seven Texas tech there at six. They were able to slide up one spot. Oklahoma who lost their last four games slid from what were they like third a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Down on the way to seven. And then you get the last three teams, TCU, Kansas state, Iowa state that uh, Kansas state, Iowa state game. I was, I was joking about it with, with Rob on the show on Saturday. I was like, Who's even watching this game? Like, are Iowa State fans watching this? Are Kansas State fans watching this? Because nobody else is. I could see Iowa State fans possibly watching it just because they want that one win. They want that Big 12 win, man. Going 0 and 18 is is can't be good. Can't be easy on the psyche. Can't, but here it is, and they did it. R- Rob was was pretty sure they weren't going to lose all 18. I was like, eh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> not so sure. Um. So that sets up for the tournament uh, where the first round, which is, is that, is that tomorrow? That Wednesday? Yes, it starts Wednesday. Mm -hmm. You'll get uh, Oklahoma versus Iowa state. Go ahead and push Oklahoma through because there's a, like I said, huge gap between the seventh team, whoever that was, whether it was Oklahoma or Texas tech uh, and the eighth team is TCU. So, Oklahoma will be facing Iowa State, the 7-10 game. TCU-Kansas State will be the other game. And then you get Texas Tech versus Texas. So I said um, I liked your the matchups, whether you had West Virginia or Kansas. I don't really like playing Texas a third time. I feel like... On the flip side, if I was saying, you know, it's hard to beat a a team three times or whatever, it's going to be hard to beat Texas a third time when it felt like you matched up with them very poorly this season. Um, But that's the first game you you draw, and then you will face, I don't have the the bracket in front of me, but uh, I believe then... The winner of Kansas versus OU, well, it'll be Kansas versus OU, the winner of that game. Yeah. We'll face the winner of that. And then if we, if Texas Tech wins that game, then you'll be in the championship game um, on Saturday, I believe. It's a real quick tournament. Um, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of, of, of the sixth seed here. Uh, I, I said I, I like your shot at the seventh seed, especially with, because um, you're going to get the first round game. You had to play four games instead of just the three. Um, but I like kind of your draw through that. 
but you play Texas first and then you go from there in terms of like whether or not it's going to help your seating uh, and the brackets. When we talked, when I talked to Rob Rowe on Saturday, Texas tech was the last five seed. And we, I, I talked at length. like, I don't like the five twelve matchup. I think that the 12 seeds are usually under seeded because they're, they're, they're really good uh, automatic qualifiers from lower conferences or divisions, but those teams can be still really good. So um, I'm not a big fan of that. I'd rather be a four seed to get there though. You're going to have to make some, some movement here in the big 12 tournament. You're going to have to win it probably at least two games, if not the whole thing. Uh, yeah. I change. almost think at this point with, with the big 12 so close, I don't know if it's going to change anybody's mind unless you win the whole thing. That That's kind of where I'm at. I don't, I don't know if tech moves up unless they just, they just win the whole thing. And, and you know, I'm with you playing Texas. I don't like that. I don't like the matchup. Their size is just killer. It's just insane. It's a, I don't want to say it's a fluke, but it's a, a miracle that Tech was able to win in Austin with that shot from McClung. Um, and also with them, who was it who was on fire from three that day? Was it Coleman? It doesn't matter. Somebody yeah, was on fire from three that day in Austin. And, uh, you know, some reason Texas just kind of went away from doing what they were doing in the first half in Lubbock and was able to hand it over to tech a little bit. So I, I don't like this matchup either. And I, I think in order to make any sort of noise with moving up in seeds, they would have to just win the whole thing. And I don't think losing to Texas would drop you to a six seed. Oh, I agree. I, I don't think it hurts you to lose. Um, I, and I only think it helps you to win if you win it all, or if you go down to Baylor by three or in overtime or something in the championship game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the tournament starts Wednesday night. Going to be interested to see how this all plays out. It, I kind of said like teams one through seven who could win this tournament are already in the big tournament in the NCAA tournament. So like, I mean, I, there's no way that TCU wins us, right? I, <laughs> like I there's no way so. I mean we, we'll listen we'll, we'll figure this out in a week uh, or actually Sunday but no I don't I don't see it I don't see Kansas so, State somehow yeah. squeaking by and and making it all the way to the championship game so it's one of those things where like like there's not really much reason to play the tournament in my mind this year especially no and I think it's We've we've talked about this a few times, but I, I don't see the reason in playing it at all. I'm sure there's some sort of financial obligation. I'm sure Philip 66 would have something to say about it, uh, but it's in Kansas City would. But it's just one of those things where with this COVID year, and yes, they didn't get to have it last year either. Really, it just seems risky to do all this right before the NCAA tournament tournament when 70 percent of your teams are guaranteed to be in. Yeah. Because you know, oh, well, you're seeing Kansas that they lost McCormick to, to COVID, so they, they're going to be without yeah. him. Uh, that. another uh role player bench depth person oh, I couldn't pronounce the name, you know, even if I remembered it. Um, and you just hope that you can avoid that losing those kind of, of players before you go into the big NCAA tournament. So let's wrap up the season. 
Um, it was the Big 12 announced their awards Monday afternoon, four o'clock. Uh, Mac McClung named second team Big 12 newcomer and all Big 12 newcomer of the year. TJ, which Shan- I never figured out. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I never figured out the difference between those two. So m- maybe there's a Big 12 newcomer team. Um, maybe I, I couldn't tell you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't um, know the difference. <laughs> TJ Shannon, third team, all big 12. Uh, I always blank on his first name, McCuller. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin mm-hmm. McCuller, honorable mention along with Kyler Edwards, honorable mention the last couple of weeks, uh, I think really hurt McClung's chances of being first team. Uh, where his his scoring production dropped way off, but then you saw guys like Shannon, PV, and Edwards all step up. Uh, so maybe you got Edwards more more firmly on the honorable mention list. Yes, like, yes, he was known um, for his defense, uh, but his his offense kind of helped push him over the edge here. There at the end of the season, Seth had this uh, this roundtable that we did back in November basically as a preview of the season. And I don't know if he reposted this or if Michael went, went digging for it, but there are a couple of things that we want to, <laughs> to touch back on. Um, so it, it was, it was from a post from November 14th. And he says, uh, he wants to end with a couple of questions. Where do you think Texas tech finishes in the big 12 and why, if you have any thoughts about the top teams and what's success for this year's team? Michael, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Um, okay. Okay. So with those two questions, my, here's my thought. I'm just going to read it verbatim. It's tough for me to think Baylor won't win the big 12. They're returning four all big 12 players. I'm attempting to temper my expectations a bit. Going into this season feels very similar to going into last season, a super talented roster on paper. That's made of mostly new guys or players with little to no in game minutes at tech. I would expect Here we go. Here's where I was very quite wrong. I would expect a fourth place finish with a chance to make a run at third. (laughs) Now, now hold on though. Fourth place in the big 12 this year was 11 and six. You were nine and eight. You were two games off. Okay. Well, that's not too bad, but who knew the big 12 was going to be this deep? (laughs) I I certainly did. And, and, and if you want to play revisionist history there, there's definitely a way that Texas Tech can get to 11 or 12 wins this season by changing very few things. So yeah, projecting fourth to third, not that far of the question. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, and I'll go ahead and say the, he asked, you know, what success in my mind, it was in November. I was saying again, I'm going to ease back a bit on any huge expectations. Tech finished two and five last season, including losing their last four in a row. I would love for them to finish strong in conference play at least two and two in the last four games. Okay. Which they did. But what's interesting about that, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm taken away from what I was saying. Uh, what's interesting about that is until I think they were going to finish on like a one and three skid, but then they added those other, those other three games at the end and they ended up finishing on a three and one. Hey, so that, that <laughs> feels much better. Anyway, I just was, I, I was wanting them to finish better than they did last year. And then, um, like Kyle, who also chimed in on the, 
on the round table. I said, I would be happy to see this team compete in the sweet 16, but you know me, if they make it that far, I'll forget I ever said this and want the whole dang tamale. So back then I was thinking, all right, let's at least make it to the second weekend. And I still think that's possible. I know my voice went up, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm seeing this team and, you know, Edwards is coming around. And that really makes me feel a lot better. Edwards, I mean, despite Baylor just really running over tech the last 10 minutes, Edwards had 18 points. I mean, he played well. He shot well. So I, with with him back on board the last month or so, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about getting to the Sweet 16. Let's see what you had to say back in November. So... <laughs> All right. Answer the first question. Where do you think tech finishes in the big 12? Um, you all remember I was really high on this team and, I, and back in November I said, I'm high on this team until proven otherwise. I know team chemistry will be an important factor. Uh, uh, mark that down and how this team is <laughs> successful down the stretch, but I fully expect this team to be at least a top three conference team. Again, if you look at like you have to go from nine and eight to 11 and six or 12 and six, two or three more wins to get to top three. Um, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, you're, we were, we weren't, it's good to look back and see like, oh yeah, tech's going to win the whole conference. <laughs> you know, we weren't saying that, <laughs> but also like, while I'm, I'm saying like you only needed two or three games to get there. It definitely didn't feel like Texas tech was a top two or three team in the conference this year. And I think it was more like the disappointment of losing games that you felt like you shouldn't have. Um, the Oklahoma State games come to mind. You know, losing those two overtime games were killer. I felt you had a, a pretty good shot against West Virginia both times you played them. Agree. I yeah. Felt like you Just had some really gut wrenching close losses. Like here, like six games. You can talk about like both Kansas games, both West Virginia games, both Oklahoma State games. Had you even split those six, you're finishing nine and five. Yeah. And of those six games, I bet it was like an 11 point difference between them or whatever it was. It wasn't much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think team chemistry sh- came to, to, to bear there when you see Joel and Tom Boy and Namari Burnett leave the team early, early in the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't see guys like PV really come out. Uh, until late in the season or Kyler Edwards, even though he's been here a while, um, the team just didn't really gel. Like you saw a lot of McClung playing hero ball for a lot of like the early and mid season um, until like we figured out like one, we had to find somebody else because teams are just keying out, keying in on McClung. Like you, you you'll have yes. anybody else, but not McClung. Um, and then the second question uh, Seth asked was what success for this team for this year's team. Uh, and I didn't pick like a spot in the tournament that I thought, but I said success for me for this year's team would look like not having any kind of sustained losing streak, which I don't think you had a sustained losing streak. I think two or three games as long as you had. Yes. Three, there was, there was that three game. It it was kind of rough. It was, um, tech beat Kansas state on February 6th and then there were some cancellations and all sorts of stuff. So then, the, so they lost to West Virginia. TCU was canceled. Can lost at Kansas lost against Oklahoma state. And then finally won again against Texas. So they went 
you know, a good 21 days without a win. But yeah, that was, it was a three game losing streak. That was the worst it was all season. Had the schedule been kept intact though, you would have broken that, that up with TCU and Iowa state. Sure. Um, so like you didn't have four five, what you didn't have like these long losing streaks. Um, and then I, I went on to say, I don't believe it's unreasonable to expect this team to win against the Oklahoma schools. I discounted how good both of those teams would be in November. Um, you swept Oklahoma, you got swept by Oklahoma state. Uh, and then the teams lower in the standings as well as just about all the home games. And that's probably where I was the furthest off. You, you struggled at home this year, which was strange, or at least in conference, which is not something you've seen under Chris Beard. Like even games where you're probably outmatched a little bit, you tend to do really well at home. And that wasn't the case this year. And it's probably has to do a lot, to, a lot with the reduced attendance figures. You didn't, you weren't able to, to pack 16,000 into the USA and really get a rock and atmosphere at any point this year, there were a couple late conference home games, uh, where it felt like you had a, a pretty good atmosphere. Um, but it wasn't anything like, like, like what you should have had with a normal full house. Yeah. Tech was 11 and four at home this year, which sounds a lot, that, you know, for us to bemoan about that, that sounds, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds, but yeah, those four games were all conference games, of course. Um, you know, that's, that's not a fun thing to lose conference games at home uh, against Kansas by one or um, against Oklahoma state in overtime by what five what was the other one. Yeah. You know, Baylor, of course, West Virginia, West Virginia. Yeah. Those are the four and West Virginia was a one point game as well. So just, yeah, I think that's part of what hurt a little bit on that is, is the closeness of it as we've discussed, but the Oklahoma schools, you and I both, man, I was, I, I did, Oklahoma wasn't even on my radar. Oklahoma state was because of Kate coming Cunningham. But I thought, well, obviously he's going to be pretty good. He was more than just pretty good. <laughs> but they were like, but there's nobody else around them. But they, they, they have yes. around them. Hey, yeah. That enough. was, that was my whole thought. I was like, oh, it's just going to be him and four dudes and they're going to do the best they can. But <laughs> they did a lot more than just the best they could. So, uh, swinging a miss on both of those for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you pulled that up. I realized that like we weren't that far off, but we are, we actually are. When you think about it, weren't really all that close. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you ended up dropping three spots in the AP poll this week after beating TCU, beating Iowa state, and then losing on the road to like the number one team in the country or the, like one of the number one seeds. Like, that doesn't make sense. It. it doesn't make sense. And I'm not, I'm not going to get all up in arms about it. Ken Palm, you actually moved up a few spots, 23 to 20, uh, has a metric, same thing, 19 up to number 16 BPI again, same from 11 to eight, the net rankings, which are important because that's a lot, has a lot to do with your seating. You did drop though from 15 to 17, but if you were to like, if you were to set the brackets one through 68, 17 is a five seed. And it's not the last five seed either. You're, you're second. So you've got the one for sure opponent left on your schedule that we can preview. It's Texas tomorrow night. Um, you actually Did we say when that was, that's at eight 30. Oh, it's a late it's game. 
Yeah, that's a late one. And who knows? I mean, it's going to be after the previous game, but it's a three-hour time slot for the previous game. But yeah, um, it's 8.30 on ESPN slash two. So (laughs) check check one of those. (laughs) Check your local listings. Um, Texas Tech is 20th. Texas is 26th. Your offense is just two spots lower than Texas is 29, 27. Your defense is a little bit higher. Um, following, I, I thought this was interesting. Following the Baylor game, though, did you see how far your your luck ranking dropped? You're no, back, you're no, back in the three hundreds. Yeah, it was um, because last week it was three twenty something, but that was before the TCU and Iowa State games, I believe. And so I'm sure it went up and then I'm sure it plummeted again. Baylor's, uh, I did look at Baylor's luck and I think they were 60, (sighs) which totally makes sense after you have one guy make 10 mother effing threes. I mean, my gosh. And and what are you supposed to do with that? You can't do anything about that. I I wasn't (sighs) like watching a whole lot of this game and I wasn't breaking down form, but apparently Teague's, Form, I guess, because I've already said that, but like his uh, his shot is ugly. Well, I, it, it didn't matter. <laughs> it's it's a quick release, that's for sure. But it just seemed like the longer it went, the more wide open he got. And I'm not sure how that happened. But it just kept it. I think once he hit seven or eight, I remember he, I think that was when that sequence was that you saw where he hit, he hit one from the Baylor Bear ear right after that. Oh, that's good. He, he pulled like a Seth Curry or Seth Curry. Well, you know, Seth's pretty good too, but he pulled a Steph Curry. Just he caught the ball at, you know, 27 feet away and just chunked it and drained it. And it's like, Oh, great. great. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a really close game back to Texas. I, as we've said, we're nervous, nervous for all the same reasons you are. The size is not in Tech's favor has somehow been able to pull it out the last two times, the last seven out of the last eight, actually. So this is just, it's just not a, it's not looking great for tech to come away with a win on that. And despite all that Haslam metrics does project tech to win mm-hmm. by two. So we're not going to get off easy. These, these projections are, you know, they're obviously just projections, but they're pretty reliable. So this is going to be one of those close games that unfortunately is probably going to have our blood pressure up until 11 PM on Thursday yeah. night. So I mean, it's getting a little ahead of ourselves. Cause we, we need to kind of figure out what's going to happen in the big 12 tournament before we look at brackets. Sure. But let's look at some brackets <laughs> just a little bit, just a little, um, Joe Lenardi, uh, who's everybody knows Joey brackets. Um, has Texas tech projected as a five seed in region four in his fourth region here, which doesn't really have a region. Cause you're all be playing in Indianapolis. Um, matching up against automatic qualifier, Wichita state. And this is one of those teams where I think like, if Wichita state was not in the conference they're in, they would not be a 12 seed. Uh, and th- they've been much better in previous years. And I haven't checked that out, but it's one of those games where like, I don't really like it. Wichita state's been historically pretty good. If you survive yes. that game, you get Villanova <laughs> <laughs> fun. Uh, and then if you survive that, then you're going to, f- you know, play the winner between Illinois 
and Loyola Chicago or North Carolina. I and do Illinois like, is the one seed. <laughs> yeah, the, the one seed in, in that bracket. The one thing I do like, though, um, you only have one other Big 12 team in your region, and that's Texas and in, in, in this projection, whereas Texas is a three seed. You wouldn't face them until the final four. And hopefully they'll be able to do stuff like that to try to keep the Big 12 teams from devouring each other. Um, but who knows? Uh, yeah, uh, Palm on CBS, his was harder for me to follow. One, because he didn't have, he just had that spot. He still has Tech as a, a five seed, but he has the number 12 spot against them as um, just open. He doesn't have a team. Your in there. safety is our also, priority. So it was kind of hard for me to follow That's his bracket a little bit, but you know, I think because that that twelve seed and that and his projection there would be uh, a winner of a play-in game. Yeah, that's kind of what it sounded like. That's that's what he was looking for. So it's 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 up in the air. But in that in that scenario, Tech would if they beat the twelve seed would go on to play the winner of Florida State versus Winthrop. Oh, and then. Unfortunately, and then you would match up with Baylor. And then you would play the yeah, the winner of yeah Baylor. <laughs> Baylor's going to come out of their two two games ahead, so that doesn't work well in Tech's favor if um, Tech's five and Baylor's one in the same bracket. Yeah, and then if you look across on the other side, uh, they've got two more Big Twelve teams in a region with Oklahoma and Texas paired up. Um. Oklahoma State is by themselves in another bracket or, you know, in another region. And then you've got uh, Kansas and West Virginia paired up as Big 12 teams in the final one. Although Kansas is a four seed, uh, West Virginia is a two seed. I don't, I don't see him that high. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think West Virginia is a two seed. I know. What's so cool about this is we will know Sunday before we come back. <laughs> yes. So, but it's it's fun to think about. It looks like the the general consensus right now, Tech's going to be a five seed. You know, unless they do something drastically great in the tournament, the Big Twelve tournament. So, five seed, I'm I'm fine. I'm I'm still so new to this. Hey, let's plan on going to the NCAA tournament every year. That the seed doesn't bother me as much as it does other people because I'm just I'm still I'm still the happy to be there guy. Yeah, so uh, in in the bracket that Jerry Palm has Texas Tech, they would be playing the winner of Boise State Drake. Mm. Nope, just kidding. I was like, that's not right. I don't think. No, yeah, yeah, it is. That they, they play the winner of that game. Uh, Baylor would play the winner of North Dakota State versus Hartford. Hartford. Oh, I see. I got you. Yeah, he's got his his brackets labeled Banker's Life One, Banker's Life Two, Hinkle One, Hinkle Two. Anyways, that's all fun and games until Sunday. When we get to figure out who we're playing, where we start putting people through. Um, are there any, any teams that you just like, I mean, obviously Baylor, but like you look across the bracket, like, um, I don't want to get paired up with them. Okay. Thanks. Iowa. I don't want to play Iowa. You mean you don't want to play Luke Garza again? No. Did you see that he retired his Jersey immediately after their last game? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Yeah, it, it, it was a surprise. It was like, Okay, cool. (laughs) 
but you can still wear it. You can still wear it for the next. <laughs> oh, by the way, weeks, bro, you need to take it off. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need that right back. <laughs> we're retiring as that's the one we're hanging. We're hanging that one. But Sweat no, it was definitely. Uh, the, I think I, I haven't followed as closely as I should have, but but yeah, um, Baylor. <laughs> Don't want to play Baylor. Gonzaga. Um, no. Not really up to that, but but yeah, I think Iowa is the one that just comes off. That's not a Big Twelve team that that I'm a little bit more familiar with. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I, I mean, just. I see. I mean, I see Illinois at number one, but I haven't watched a single Illinois game this year. I'm not sure how great they are. I'm not excited about the prospect of playing Houston again. Um, that could that could be a rough go. I feel like tech's a better team, a more, a more coherent team since then, but odds are so is Houston. Yeah, it's likely, but you know what though, Michael, when the brackets are announced, jump on over to bet online, bet online. AG is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA's in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. Like I said, we'll know that this weekend. Tournament's coming, and so is the $100,000 bracket madness contest. As BetOnline is the spot for all your bracketology needs. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Sneakers, sorry. Each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for one of one pair of Air Force One low tops. That's a lot of ones. And that's some nice low tops. So all you got to do to enter into the drawing is send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair on Twitter or to us at 23Personnel. And we will get you entered into this drawing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, 
where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Michael, let's uh, let's talk about some baseball because there was a game that just wrapped up a few minutes ago. It sure did. Texas Tech defeated Gonzaga tonight. 5-4. There were some late-inning heroics there. Texas Tech was uh, actually down in the 6th or 7th, 3-2. Got the bases loaded. Rombach hit a bases-clearing double to go up 5-3. But then Gonzaga just wouldn't go away. They loaded the bases in the 8th, got one run across. And we're look like they're going to threaten again. Brandon Gurton comes in, closes it down. You win five, four, you extend your win streak. One, two, three. It, you've got like, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. It's a nine game win streak. Nine. They're nine and three. So it's pretty easy. <laughs> there you go. Nine game win streak after opening weekend. Um, 
going back to Texas Southern last week, we I don't know if we mentioned the game one. You you defeated Texas Southern fourteen to two on Tuesday night. Came back and run rolled them on the travel day 15-0. Is there much to talk about? Sure. There is. <laughs> no, it, which what you saw. Micah Dallas started that first game uh, against Texas State. Goes five innings. Um, gives up only two hits. Uh, no runs. Three walks. Eight Ks. And it's, it, that's somebody we talked about possibly returning to the weekend rotation. It's going to take some time off to get him off into that. Um, Andrew Devine came back, snapped out of his, uh, I guess we said it the first time that that opening weekend issues that everybody seemed to have. Devine went two innings, three walks, three Ks, everything else was zeros. You got Beckel and Gorby coming in to close it out. Wednesday, like I said, you go 15-0 that game. Chase Hampton gets the win. Uh, he goes three innings, but gives up no hits, no runs, three walks, four Ks. Then you get a bunch of Johnny bullpen. Even though you only pitched seven innings, you had five <laughs> pitchers. Hade Key gives you an inning, uh, no hits, no walks, no runs, one strikeout. Jamie Hitt gives you an inning. Lejeune de Acutis, Acutis, I don't know how to pronounce his name, gives you an inning. And then Derek Bridges also gives you an inning. You gave up only three hits on the game, two from Hit, which is ironic, one from Derek Bridges. Everything else, you held him strong. Um, on the flip side, though, I mean, when you put up 15 runs on somebody, like your offense was humming. You had an eight-run inning in the second. You put up two in the third, three more in the fourth, two in the fifth. So you get to 15 runs in only six innings when your offense came to the plate. Um, everybody was doing work. I mean, Woodcox and Morell Runyon we're all held without a hit, but man, this offense with your normal starters can really put some, some runs on people. Then, then over the weekend you headed, you went down to Houston to minute made the juice box, as they say, is that what they say? I don't like to say it because it's usually Astros fans that call it that. Sounds like a, sounds like a steroid term. Yeah. I don't like it uh, to play in the Shriners. Hospital for Children College Baseball Classic. You took on Texas State, who run ruled TCU tonight. Go ahead and point that out. You defeated Texas State in game one on Friday, eight to four. Brandon Burtzel was your starting pitcher that night, um, who went four and two thirds, four hits. He was, in terms of starting pitching, probably had the roughest start of the weekend. Yeah, easily. Um, cause your other two guys were so dang good, which we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, but Bertzel gives up four hits, three runs, no walks, four K's divine comes in only goes two thirds of an inning. Bridges comes in again, two thirds of an inning. And then you get Hayde key who went three full innings, only gave up one hit, no runs, no walks, 
5Ks. Key is starting to be like that that freshman that was like, he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Um, you had a couple innings in this game against Texas State in the second and the seventh where you put up three runs. And then in the eighth, you put up two more. So when you were scoring runs, you were doing it in bunches, which is a good way to put a team away. Uh, Saturday, you took on Sam Houston State. I think everybody was looking forward to this. I think mostly because of the history with the regional several years ago. Sam Houston State was probably the weakest team that you faced all weekend. Um, Monteverdi. Dude. Oh, man. Oh, okay. What, what do you call him? Well, so I... <laughs> Keith from Red Ritter Dugout, Dinger Derby, put up a couple of uh, comps to other really great college pitchers with their stats. And said, you know, in an elimination type game, who are you going or, you know, who are you calling on? And he had Kumar from Vanderbilt and a couple other guys that you've seen the past few years have been like just lights out. And he had Monteverdi up there and he had the best stats of any of them. Um, and I said, you know what? Give me Green Mountain. <laughs> and Keith's like, who? I was like, oh, it's not, it's not going to catch on. But Monteverdi went another seven innings, um, gave up only three hits, still no runs, no walks, nine strikeouts, and did that on 83 pitches. Gosh, that's efficient. So the dude has thrown, let's see, let's just really quickly look this up. I think it was 18 innings because I, 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 for some reason I have the number 11 stuck in my head. I think he had thrown 11 innings mm-hmm. until that game. So he leads your team in innings pitched at 18, has an ERA of zero, a whip of 0.44, which is just number of people he puts on base per inning. So still less than one per two innings. It's 2-0 and on the year only given up a total of six hits in his three appearances, two walks to 23 strikeouts. (laughs) And of the six hits, only one has gone for extra bases. He's given up one double and five singles. Opponents are batting 105 against him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but geez, if he can, if he can keep this up, just, more than half the time, I think he's really something special. Definitely turning out to be the surprise, at least early on in this season. Uh, one wild pitch, one hit by pitch, one balk. But dang, dude's thrown 18 innings, zero ERA. Hade Key, the other guy we talked about a little while ago, has thrown five innings, three of which came on, um, was it Friday night? And also has a zero ERA, a whip of 0.6. So not that far behind Monteverdi, but he's thrown, you know, 13 fewer innings, only given up two hits, one walk to eight strikeouts. He's a bit of of a surprise too. I mean, you know, Monteverdi Mm -hmm. was a transfer coming in, but had some experience, but I think he was, he was probably more of a surprise than Monteverdi would be right. At least to me. Yeah. Um, so on Saturday, like I said, Monteverdi gives you seven full innings. And then Levi Wells comes in, gives you one inning, zero hits, zero runs, zero walks, one K. Sublet comes in, closes it down, one inning, 
zeros across the board except for two strikeouts. So Saturday night, you give up, again, only three hits, zero runs. Uh, Texas State, the night before, you gave up six hits, but it was a Texas Southern from Wednesday night where you gave up only two, three hits. Uh, and then you go in Sunday morning, you play 11 o'clock to finish it out against AM Corpus Christi, the Islanders. Mason Montgomery gives you your start there, goes six innings, three hits, one run, one walk, nine strikeouts. Uh, and then bullpen of Connor Queen, Brandon Gurton, and Ryan Sublette go the final three innings to give up a combined four hits, two runs, three walks, four strikeouts. They did make it interesting, though, Texas A&M Corpus Christi did, because they loaded the bases in the ninth. Yes. And with two outs, the batter who is, let's see, their leadoff man, first baseman Marbach, hits a looper out up the middle. It looked like if it had gotten down uh, and just past Cal Conley, it's going to score a couple of runs. But uh, Conley called game and he dove, <laughs> caught that ball in the air, ended the game on a web gym. And I think we saw Cal Conley kind of make a name for himself outside of the batter's box down there in Houston because he had that. And then he, he, he had a double play where he caught another line drive and then caught the runner who was leaving first. Uh, the runner probably assumed that the ball was going to get past Conley. So he had gotten way off the bag at first. Conley kick catches the line drive and then basically a no look throw across the diamond from deep uh, shortstop, you know, heading out into left field basically uh, and doubles up the runner at first. Conley, I mean, yes, he's got the bat. He hit a grand slam this weekend. Let's not, <laughs> let's not discount that. Um, in the seventh inning versus Sam Houston State. Uh, and it was majestic. It was an upper deck <laughs> blast. Um, my favorite shot was like from, it was like from the, like the radio booth or whatever it was. Like it was zoomed out uh, way up high, but behind the plate. One, Cal Conley has this slow walk out of the box because you know he's, he's pimping it a little bit. But then you see Jace Young coming down the third baseline, like doing that, like arm straight up kind of side straddle hop, like, yeah, like celebrating already. Mm -hmm. That was fun to see. <laughs> um, but yeah, Conley, like I said, is not just a bat. I mean, he's, he's putting up some really good plays uh, in the field. Um, he, he is batting 333 on the season, OPS of 913. He's played in all 12 of your games. Um, leads the team in at-bats. I Yeah. Even, even more than, than Drew Baker. Um, scored nine runs, 18 hits, 14 RBI, three home runs. Uh, slugging percentage of 556. Now, his on-base percentage is now starting to finally deviate from his batting average because he is getting some walks now. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't there for a while. He's got two walks in the season. Um, but, I mean, if you want to talk about, like, who, who maybe is your best player that's not Patrick Monteverdi, it's got to be Jace Young, right? I think so. I mean, I, I didn't get to – well, I didn't get to watch any of the Shriners games but I did get to listen to quite a bit of the Corpus Christi one. Um, and 
I just knew when Jace Young came up to the plate with two runners on in the, <laughs> when was that the seventh that he did that or the fifth? Oh crap. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it. But, um, I just knew, I just had a feeling, I just had a good feeling. And I think it was the first or second pitch. He just hit it in the exact sweet spot and drove to home. It was just fantastic. No. So on, if it was Sunday versus a and Corpus Christi, he hit that double and the seventh when he scored three runs. Oh, it was three. That's right. The bases were loaded. That's right. The bases were loaded. There were, yes, they weren't. Um, Cause I think they had walked. They walked two Baker. or three of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So what it was, um, you had Easton Morrell hit a single uh, and then Cody Masters got uh, put on base by hit by pitch. And then Drew Baker walked and then Young came up and hit a double. Yeah, it was a, what do they call it? Bases clearing double. Yeah. It was great, um, man. That was, I was listening down the radio kind of, um, kind of freaking out a little bit. <laughs> no, that was, that was a big moment. He's now leading the team in home runs. Uh, if you go back to that Wednesday game last week versus Texas Southern, he hit two home runs that game um, in back-to-back at-bats, one in the second then one in the third. The one in the second was a three-run home run, and then his one in the third was a two-run home run. Uh, he's got six so far on the year, uh, leading the team in RBI at 405, especially for a number of plate appearances at 42. His OPS is on base plus his slugging is 1407, which is by far the highest on the team. Next highest is Romback, who had a 1500, um, but right now his OPS is 1.147. So Jace Young is just destroying it. Rob Bro kind of teased out on Twitter, like, should I write an article that says uh, Jace Young is a the better of the Young brothers? <laughs> I think it's too soon. I think it's a little too soon. Maybe a little too my soon. My goodness. But young. My, yeah. Like dudes, dudes putting it together. Um, starting tonight versus Gonzaga. Gonzaga, you started a 12 game homestand. Um, you've now won nine straight. You've got 11 games left on the homestand. Uh, one more versus Gonzaga. Then you've got four versus UConn this weekend, Friday through Monday. And then you um, you don't have a midweek next week during spring break, although Texas Tech doesn't really have a spring break. Then you start conference play, uh, Oklahoma State by three. Then you don't have a you have another week where you don't have a midweek game, and then you've got three home versus South Florida. Yeah, next time Tech's on the road is April, April first in Manhattan. Ooh. Sorry, just thinking about baseball. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. All right, Michael, you wanna you wanna start wrapping this up and get to our questions? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it indeed. Maybe. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm on Burgundy. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! So first up, Red Raider Reset Man asks, when is a swag giveaway going to happen? Like I said, 
giveaways happening now, man. 15% off. 23 personnel, homefieldapparel.com. Yeah, it's not really a giveaway. It's a, uh, it's a, it's discount, a code, but discount away. But yeah, definitely check them out. Homefield Apparel, great, great gear. And um, I've just, just been comfortable as hell this whole time. I'm, I'm a little jealous. I, I should have been wearing mine. But you um, wore yours too soon. I did. But now it's, it's clean, so it may be softer than yours, so suck it. <laughs> oh, how dare you. Landon Daniel at Landy1108. Kind of indifferent about the Big 12 tournament. I yes. don't disagree, man. Don't think I'm yeah, alone man. in thinking the regular season champ is what matters uh, and since we are likely to be towards the middle of the pack and seeding anyway, a first round loss attorney win won't affect it much. It's like he wrote the script for our basketball segment. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. We, we are in agreement. Completely Landon. agree. Landon. Yeah. So going to cheer my butt off though. Won't be too heartbroken if we lose against UT. Man, it's like he, re- I, I swear this is the first time I'm reading it. Y'all know what happened last time we lost in the first round. Yeah. Then we went on a pretty good little run there in the tournament. Yeah, I, you're totally right. It, it, for all those reasons you mentioned, plus COVID, plus all this other stuff, I mean, the tournament just seems so, just kind of an exercise and a tradition that has to be upheld for whatever reason. Money, I'm sure it's money. Um, Wade Boggs, Nathan, it's at Nathan W17. It was more just kind of asking us to weigh in uh, he was commenting on the baseball game tonight. Tim, have you not learned your lesson when you pull pitchers that are still throwing good in close games? I'm assuming he's talking about Micah Dallas being pulled. Uh, and then you start to see some, some of the pitchers struggle. And he tags us, Ritter, Dugout, and Ramblin' Raiders all to kind of weigh in. So yeah, wait. I, here's one of those things. Is if you uh, you wait too long, then you waited too long. Like it's, it's one of those it's a really hard <laughs> yeah. balance to find. Right. Um, I don't pretend to know. I, it, it does seem like, and I, I feel like I've mentioned this. So if I've, if I'm repeating myself now, if it's just from the radio show, forgive me, it feels like Tadlock is so confident in the depth in his bullpen. He doesn't like to go too long with starters, which is why it's kind of surprising to see Monteverdi go so long, except he's doing it with so few pitches. Yes. But seven innings from a tech tech starter is unheard of. It feels like where other teams you're seeing guys go eight or complete games or whatever. Um, Tadlock is usually pulling his starter in the fifth or sixth inning uh, and then turning it over to what's usually a really good bullpen. Um, it is kind of questionable when you pull a guy that's doing well and then you get the bullpen in and they don't do so well. Um, but like I said, if you're kind of waiting for him to, for the the pitcher to not do well and then replace him with a fresh arm who we've kind of seen, like when a, a tech tech reliever comes in, it, it sometimes takes a couple of a batters or an inning to get kind of in the groove. Um, you can't kind of compound that, right? Like you can't have a, a starting pitcher that you pull out a little bit late than you sh- later than you should have. And then put a reliever in there that needs a couple of batters to kind of get, get going. Cause then you, you just kind of, the game gets away from you in just a, you know, a few minutes. Yes, it can. Uh, before you know it, there could be two people on base and uh, yeah, it, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot to be said about just kind of rolling with your guy and maybe there's a certain thing that he looks for that once he's seen it, 
that's just his decision. That's when he decides, okay, I'm going to the bullpen. Maybe that's all he needs. Yeah, that's he's true. got maybe maybe three things that he looks for, and then once he sees two of them, he's like, okay, that's it. Yeah, there, there, there may be a key or a tell he's looking for. He's like, okay, I've seen it. Let's go. Yeah. All right, uh, let's wrap it up with what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, so I'm going to do it in reverse order. And I'm going to tell you, Michael, that I mowed my yard for the first time this year, this week. How did it feel? Oh, it felt so good. <laughs> it was sublime. I mowed it. What was it? Today's, today's Tuesday. I mowed it Monday afternoon. Um, oh, so it was a nice day. It wasn't, it wasn't like uh, when it was super windy or anything last uh, week. It, it was a little breezy Monday afternoon. But maybe not um, dirt. It wasn't dirty. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, the grass is uh, probably the worst shape that I've seen it since I've been here. But mm. I'm thinking uh, I'm going to wake it up a little bit with the mow. I did. I put down an application this morning before work. Yeah, that's right. I got, before work. I got some yard work in before I went to work. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I, I need to spray. Well, daylight say we're about to have to roll or fall. You're about to lose that that nice daylight in the morning. So you got to do it now before Sunday. Well, the problem was or is, is that in the springtime in Lubbock after like nine o'clock in the spring, it gets pretty windy um, in the morning. So when I'm spraying, if it's too windy, I don't have any control about where it's going or like some spots will be super thin. Anyways, I was like, my best shot is do this in the morning. So I took my six year old to school, came back, sprayed in the yard Took a shower and then went to work. Um, but I put down the, my, my pre-emergent, um, which will hopefully keep the weeds out. I did not put a dye in it. Like you see a lot of the, the, the yards around you that, that do this pre-emergent application, especially if they're using a service to do it. The services, um, well, because they have so many yards, they're not like, they, they don't know the yard, like, like, you know, your yard. Yes. So that they can't keep track of, where they've been as well as you could. So what they do is they dye their spray so they can just easily see it. Some companies have to go really heavy with the color, the dye in their spray. Some don't. I I used to think it was the companies were trying to spray the grass green. No, it's just to just to show them where they've already sprayed. Um, I don't know. I also think it's a marketing tool because I think people go, Oh yeah, I I should have my yard sprayed. That's true. There, There, there are a couple of houses by by my office that I can tell we're sprayed by the same company because there was such a distinct color. It's like, wow, they like dumped a lot of the ink in that. <laughs> it's like, like a dark tea, like turquoise almost. Yes. I've so seen heavy. some that are almost a blue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited to get going again, get growing, get mowing. Hopefully the, the grass will be green. The, the front yard is a lot worse than the back. I think it had to do with, we, we, we've had two years in a row. We get like an early freeze that kind of throws everything off in the fall. And then we have like mm-hmm. a really long winter in comparison to what we would usually have. So, I mean, I, I haven't mowed in like four months and usually it's only like, 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 like a two month layoff. I mean, usually like I don't mow in December and January, but I'm kind of back into it in February, but. March. I haven't mowed in I don't know, like 18 months. Uh, you pay people to mow your yard. Yes. Yes, I do. 
anyways, so that happened. I'm excited. Uh, the other thing that I want to touch on little league, because it's more baseball, right? We had a scrimmage this weekend. Uh, a team was like, Hey, does anybody want to get together and scrimmage? I was like, yes, please. So we played on Saturday. Um, not on a real field. Cause those are reserved for teams that have kids pitching, which we don't yet. We're, we're still coach pitch that they, they get first say on who plays in those fields so they can get the kids pitching from the mounds and all that kind of stuff, whatever. We played at one of the elementary schools that had a backstop. Um, but we had a good time. We figured out yeah. some things. Uh, <laughs> tonight's practice was definitely about what we saw on Saturday. <laughs> That's great. That's exactly why you have that. Yeah, it's good. It's a, going to the first game, not knowing what you have. I was like, hmm, I have a pretty good idea. I was actually a little disappointed. I was like, there are a lot of kids on this team not having pun- fun playing baseball. And that's disappointing. Uh, uh, on your team or on, just on? No, no, no. On my team. Oh, man. And and I don't, I, I missed what started it. But one kid, he had a bat at bat and his dad was coming over and was giving us some, some pointers because he was helping us kind of coach. And he may have been trying to like get him to kind of redo what he was doing. And he, the kid said he, the dad heard him. The kid started crying and he was starting to swing the bat at his dad. I was like, what is happening behind oh me? Oh my gosh. Uh, it was, it was, it was nuts. Um, There's always some sort of drama. There's like loose, loose teeth and <laughs> we, uh, bat swinging kids. And Hey, speaking of loose teeth, uh, that, that reminded me. So Grayson got hit in the face. <laughs> uh, my six year old got hit in the face at this scrimmage and it, it's like, it's fluke. Like it would, you wouldn't ever expect this to happen. Well, he almost got hit in the face at practice. Like there was a line drive to his head on third base or something last week. Yeah, right. It's cause he's, he's not paying attention, <sighs> but still, but this time, so he's, he's batting. He's got a helmet on with the face guard and everything. And like it hits it. Like he, makes contact just wrong enough. It like hits the handle on his bat. So it's not very good contact. And then like with the way his arms are, are kind of stretched out, it hits him in the bicep, but like it redirects up under the face guard of his helmet and gets him square on the chin. Now, I mean the, oh. the ball had slowed way down from even when it was thrown, like it was not moving very fast, but a ball that hits you on the chin when he's got like no body fat and obviously no beard, to protect sure. his chin. Like he's got laces still on his mm. chin. It was like Poor kid. Yeah. I, I had to, I had to pull him out of, of, of the batting lineup so he can get a break and recover. Um, be acting like the flukiest thing, dude, it hit the bat, then hit his arm, then hit his chin and it still hit his chin hard enough that it left laces. I mean, luckily it slowed down some. <laughs> it doesn't it probably doesn't seem chin. like it did, but it's must have slowed down a little bit. But yeah, man, um, we're he- we're heading into spring break, which means we should be getting our schedules here pretty soon, and we'll probably play start games the week after spring break. Still need to figure out uh, who our catcher is going to be, but uh, yeah, man, little league not as good as I thought we were, but we're going to get better. Yeah, you're going to get better. Uh, what I learned this week, the, the wife and I were in the hill country and we sampled some sizer. What's sizer? Sizer. I had to look up a definition just so that I could say it properly because I knew I was going to mess it up. It's, it's kind of a blend of cider and mead. And 
it's basically mead, which is made with honey. But it's it's a mead that has been fermented with apple juices rather than water, which creates a unique drink that is both sweeter and tartar. This is all from vikingalchemist.com, just so I don't mix it up. <laughs> anyway, we went to the High Cider Company, which High is a little town in between Johnson City and Fredericksburg. If y'all have been in the area, you know what I'm talking about. It's a great, it's a neat little area. Uh, there's, um, it's really small. It's, I think population was 105 for the town of high, but, um, within the town of high, there's at least two wineries and a bourbon distillery with some of the best bourbon I've ever had. Garrison brothers. We stopped out there. I had an adult, um, Capri Sun, basically, of an old-fashioned. Nice. Yeah, it's it was awesome. It was just like a bag, and they get, just give you the bag and the straw, and then you sip out of it, and it was just glorious. But perfect weather, perfect day. And then we went and had some sizers, <laughs> and it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's not quite a cider. It's not quite a mead. It's in between. Uh, the Viking alchemist over here says, if you like a cider... But if it's too apple for you, you might really enjoy a sizer. It's a milder, smoother drink, and it takes the tart bite out of the drink. And I'll, I'll agree with that. It's almost, it's almost like a champagne, but not quite that dry. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, when you're drinking one, you know that it's not a mead and it's not a cider. It's somewhere in between. So a, a sizer, you go and see if you can find one somewhere. Or go to the High Cider Company. They have a, they have a, not a sponsor of the show, but they have a, a club. I'm sure they'll send you some, some sizer in the mail if you want some. Man, that sounds good. I, I, I like cider. I, I like, I like the apple taste, but yeah, man, that'll, so that'll do it for us on the 23 Personal Podcast. We're going to catch the Big 12 tournament this weekend, Selection Sunday. Until next time, guns up. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.